0: is your brand identity essentially a summary of what you like do you view your brand objectively enough and if you don't how do you do that well you might have heard the phrase kill your darlings i hadn't heard that phrase until i recorded this episode so we're going to talk about what that means and what it means to you as a brand we're also going to talk about the magic with branding and when that happens being able to you know come out of your comfort zone what happens when that when when that comes around we're going to cover brand equity, what that means to me as a designer, what it means to Alistair, my co-host, as a strategist. And we're going to cover a number of other topics on this episode. Welcome to Brand Scran, a mini-series brought to you by Divided by Brand. Brand Scran talks about brand strategy and I've got an expert on this mini-series called Alistair Gladstone we're going to explore some incredibly valuable and some incredibly interesting topics to help you as a business owner understand more about the value that brand can bring to your business. Join me Dan O'Cock and Alistair as we co-host this special five-part podcast mini-series, focusing specifically around topics involving brand, brand identity, and brand strategy. So here we are. Welcome to episode two of Brand scrum And I'm hoping when I say... Welcome to my co-host, Alistair. You're there.
1: Dan, I'm here.
0: Ooh, that was nearly too long a pause. That was, uh, oh, <laughs> was my idea of a job. But yeah, I'm mean, here. Yeah, how are you? I'm all right. Thank you very much. Good, um, good, good. Yeah, I'm good. And we were just kind of doing our little pre-episode chat, weren't we? Kind of bedding ourselves in. You were telling me that you've got allergies, so you, everybody's going to hear you sniffing for an hour, <laughs> and uh, and I said that I had the same and probably hear my nose dripping, but it's not COVID, so we don't have to panic, do we?
1: And I don't think you can get that via podcast anyway. Um, although you can never no. tell with these new strains, so um, <laughs> so hopefully we'll be all right. Um, the digital variant.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh God! Don't you go there.
0: Awesome. Well, look, should we get straight into it? I feel like... Let's do it. Week two. Week two. And it's
1: actually week two. It's not Showbiz week two where we've just, like, finished episode one and then immediately
0: started episode two. I know. A week week has passed. I know. And although you're calling it week two, we're going to call it episode two because someone might listen to it a month after the first one, you see. But I know what you're saying. In actual, real world, it is week two. But this is episode two of And we've called this episode, we like to give things names, don't we? We've called it Kill Your Darlings. Now, I, when Alistair, he, Alistair helped me with the names and he, he helped me with a lot of the content, the direction of these um, mini-series. And when I read Kill Your Darlings, I just said straight up to him, what on earth are you talking about, Alistair? because I thought it meant, like, you know, something quite sinister. And there's got to be people like me, I mean, I, who don't quite understand it. What? And I did it with the first episode. Alistair, why have we called it Kill Your <laughs> Help. Yeah. Um, it, it's a bit of an odd one, isn't it?
1: Um, well, I, I think that um, this, this episode is going to be about... Um, It's it's going to be, I think there's going to be some psychology of brand and psychology of change here um, because I think this is around being open to challenge and listening to the quote unquote experts on things. Um, And the phrase itself is a a piece of advice given by uh, creative writers, experienced writers. And what it means is um, before you go in, you're you're a writer though. You've got a passion um, for writing, haven't you? I do, yeah, I do. And this is probably where I've come across the the phrase before. So I spend some of my spare time writing screenplays and whatnot, um, mostly for my own um, for my own enjoyment. Um, and, and yeah, and, and in that world you you kill your darlings when you your darlings when you get rid of an an unnecessary storyline a character some sentences in a piece of creative writing now these would be elements that you've you probably love that you've worked hard to create but for the benefit of the overall story the need to go and that that i think applies itself to the process of branding and rebranding. There are things that business owners, entrepreneurs think that they never really want to get rid of, but through the process, you might just need to leave them go, let them go and and, and, and that's that's where I think it applies. It's about being open to challenge and taking all all views and, and if it, if it means taking the difficult decisions, then so be it.
0: And, and it's great because once you'd explained that, I was like, right. And it, that made sense there. Let's call it that. And so it was perfect because that moment of me realizing why it was called that and what it meant tied so well and it it fits perfectly with brand as well because i it, a lot of clients experience that same feeling when the penny drops whether it's brand strategy or uh the brand visual identity when when they go ah ah get it now it's that same feeling it's like a little um I don't know, like a little switch of something feeling complete like it has a reason do you know what i mean I know exactly what you mean. It's, it's the circuit being completed sometimes, isn't it? I think. Absolutely. So that's why we've called it um, Kill You Darlings. And it's going to be a good episode, this. We want to, I think we'll spend a couple of minutes reflecting on what we touched on in, in episode one. And if you haven't listened to it, we'll pop the link in the show notes of this one to go back. Because I would say it's not imperative, but it's definitely the best place to start is episode one um and we're going to talk follow on in this episode around i think the really the importance of being honest with yourself and being able to um free your mind you know accept change be open to a challenge we're going to have a little bit of a, a chat around that and then we're going to move into things around brand equity um what that actually means what 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 do you get as a brand when it's when it when it's properly structured? Um, and well, well, I think we'll try and keep it as lean as possible. When we listen back to episode one, I think Alistair and myself—tell me if, if you agree—we'll t- explain. It was it was in depth, Alistair. It was hot, it was pretty intense for a, a show, wasn't it?
1: It was but it was so entertaining, the
0: time just flew. (laughs) It did, but I think I I took a two-hour dinner break straight after. Yeah, So I think we're going to, not that we want this one to be lean, but we don't want to fry your brain. So we want to give you as much value without draining you, because there's a lot to take on board and, you know recommend listening back or or kind of thumbing through some of the key uh time that we'll put in the show notes with uh key points to go back but yeah we want to pack as much into each episode as possible so coming back to where we start so kill your darlings um you had made a note and and this is what you said is when you get rid of that unnecessary storyline that character or piece of creative writing something that up to that point in the story you've worked hard to create but it needs to be removed for the sake of the overall story and this is it, it it just is so perfect that importance of being objective when it comes to uh, brand and the business. You have you got a Have you got any examples? I think it's always great to try and do an example or try it tie into a story uh, or an experience, Alistair, that you've had mm. where you've been able to to uh, say to somebody or oh, challenge when they're not, mm-hmm. when they're being too comfortable.
1: Mm-hmm. Let, let's start with that word challenge. It would be great to think that we can all in life pick and choose who we want to work with. And, you know, I do think that one goal of businesses is, is getting yourself to that position. One thing that I always try and say is, you know, I won't, I won't work with people who aren't open to challenge. And um, I've lost business, you know, because of that stance. But but it's really important, you know, that that mindset, that willingness to be open-minded, is super important. Now, what we, what I often find, what I sometimes find is that is, is that clients will say, "Yep, yeah, not a problem. That's fine. We'll, we'll take anything on board." But, <laughs> and it's that but. You know, there's, there's 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 often the case where, you know, what what I think of as being open the challenge, which is let's get everything on the table, isn't necessarily what a client will think. And I guess I'm specifically talking about rebranding here. So let's think back to the scenario that we discussed in episode one around that business, which is three, four, five years old. Yeah, and um, as possibly build up some brand equity, but has, has probably become very close to to that organization. It's how they've been describing themselves and seeing themselves betrayed for the last five years or, or whatever. Um, and, and there may be things that they still want to hang on to, but you know, part of this process is about being psychologically open and and, and and open to change, open to challenge. And, and yeah, I mean, I, I've literally had a client who said, you know, that we've been through the whole of the process, I've, I've done my sort of deep thinking, we got to the point of starting to think about the creative treatment of things and, and they've said, you know, I'm happy for an entire new logo as long as it's still yellow. And it's like, uh, okay, Um, you know, why? Why is that? And the answer is because I like yellow. And and it's like, okay. So remember that conversation we had right at the start. We said, be open to challenge. Yep. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) QED. So, so, so that's, you know, a prominent example that, that I can recall um, from, from some work that I've done with a client. Yeah,
0: and it's the same with design. So when the, the, the create, well, it's time to be creative, when it's time to sort of project that visual uh, identity and come up with the new style and, then the, you know, the personality of this brand and how it's going to look... I said this before we started recording, but the magic happens when you're out of your comfort zone. And it's it's true with design because if if I come in at that point that you're talking about um, and you you know, I'm involved in, and, and then they're going, yeah, we're ready for this new um, logo now, but we're going to keep the yellow. Well, they're already influencing me um, with their own personal Opinion. and as a designer um, being able to come in with that set of expert eyes completely objectively and, and, and look at what we've got for me is always always gets the best results um, you know I think and you'll probably be, I think there's a lot of business owners who'll think ah, we've got this brand thing sorted nail that mm. but they tend to be a little bit blinkered that's the politest way to put it <laughs> do you agree
1: I do Um, and, and what I'm really interested in and without wanting to get too cerebral about but I do think that um, that it's appropriate. What I'm really interested in is is the psychology of that. I, I think what happens down, and I'm I'm willing to be shot down about this and anything, quite frankly. But but I think that when you have company owners and company directors and they're faced with change, and specifically change about something that's very close to them, quite rightly very dear to them, then psychologically they're not in the right place to embrace that change all the time because they're are they're, they're in fight or flight mode. You know, they're they feeling threatened probably because someone else is um, tackling, challenging, you know, that that, that that lizard brain probably feels like they're being attacked. And, and therefore, what happens when you're in that state is is that everything your your ability to think logically and put emotion to one side is inhibited, and y- you know you, you can't you can't be open to challenge, you can't be open to change, and you know when I put it like that, you know I I think that it's one thing just saying yeah I'm open to challenge, but it's another thing living that and and being in this sort of headspace where. You can say, "Look, everything's on the table. Let's bring it on, and 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 really sort of power on with enthusiasm and motivation into a brave new world."
0: Yeah, I I know exactly what you're saying, and I can't. I'm not going to shoot it down at all. I think I just want to back up what you're saying there. That it's a, it's it's as much a sympathetic process uh, at times as well as challenging. So, of course we don't go in all guns blazing and rip up the rule book if it doesn't need to be would you say that's a fair comment
1: yeah 100% um, i think that um i mean I, I whenever i work with clients i don't have all the answers i said this last week yeah. um, often it's about teasing the answers out of of of, of those business owners and listening we to won't them. have the
0: answers it's not our business it's not our sector Correct. we're not there to understand um, you know Correct. how to sell horse carts or whatever it is I don't know why I picked horse carts booming market apparently um, but yeah we're <laughs> not there do we, 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 you understand your customers and the marketplace you know we just want to help it, the, the the way that 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 you're perceived is probably the best way of describing that.
1: Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I think that. Um, I, I think you're right. I think your use of the word sympathetic is really good there because the the um, answer probably lies somewhere in between those those two meetings meetings of minds. Um, I think it's not it's not my position to say. Um, this is what you're going to do, and this is what it's going to sound, feel, and look like. Um, it is my, my my place to say, this is what I think. What do you think?
0: Yeah, and and when we say be open to challenge, and this point, this topic's all around the importance of, you know, being objective, but being honest with yourself, be open to the challenge. Um you could usually tell early on you know like you were saying you had actually turned work down if, it, if it's not right I just it actually it's probably a good point at this stage to talk about the process of for episode one about optimizing the brand I just wanted to, I think it might be worth just to just recap you know, being objective with yourself, where that comes in, and and it's probably very early on. But t- go through the process of again, of this optimizing a brand. We've talked about it, but just give us another recap of that, Alistair. Sure,
1: optimizing a brand
0: means registering
1: um, six six different things, six facets, if you like, um, and and this comes from a statement. Which will be which is a successful brand needs to be optimized. What does optimization mean? Well, it means, number one, it has to be consistent. In other words, no matter which touch point I have used to come to your brand, um, when I click on that touch point or when I ring that telephone number or when I you know um, visit that shop, I get what I'm expecting to see. Um, number two is coherency. In other words, I understand what it is you're telling me. Um and, and again, when I followed that touch touch point through, it all it all hangs together, it all makes sense. Third is honesty. Um I don't, I don't know if I'm going through the same order ah, it doesn't or not. I'm gonna jumble them around. It's fine. That's me being honest. Um um, it, it honesty, you know another good word for that is authenticity isn't it? You know you have to be able to um, cut right through the story um, and, and get to a point where everything feels completely authentic. If not, you'll get pulled apart in the market.. Yeah. Fourthly is, is provability. so it's one thing being honest, but it's another thing being able to prove that so. So what what are those social proof points? What do your customers say about you? And does that all um, does that all cut here as well? Fifthly is memorability. And and this this is about differentiation. How you know how, how can we be sure that your brand is going to be the one that is remembered? You know, the statistics around how many adverts we consciously and subconsciously are exposed to every day are frightening. So a big part of this is is memorability, making sure that you stand out. And then last of all is scalability, Dan, which is, you know, a successful brand will mean that your business grows. The brand has to grow with it. It's pointless putting something together, which, Describes where the brand has come from, where the business has come from, and where it is right now. The brand needs to be fit for purpose for another five, ten, plus years down the line as
0: well, down the line as well. Yeah, and and that it grows for the right reasons. You know, not just mm-hmm. for the fact it's grown because the sales team's doubled. Absolutely, yeah. And that's where you know brand. That's where brand comes in for me. You know, it's gives that substance to a business absolutely uh, you know in terms of where they're headed so there's a recap and like i said we're we'll going into that in episode one you can go back and listen to that but where we are now in episode two we'll just be chatting around that challenge being you know how important it is to take a step back get off the pedestal at times sometimes i want to shake people and say you know just, just sit back. You just think about this a little bit, and in a nice way, you know, like we said, sympathetic. But it's important. So that's that's challenging yourself. That's challenging the business. It's moving yourself forward. It's aligning everything with these uh, and optimizing, sorry, with these things with uh, for brand, so that you guys, business owners out there, will will be able to grow your brands. So when, you've, when you're growing a brand and when this brand is developing, we talk about or people generally coin a phrase that will include something like brand equity, uh, the value that a brand has, or you know what do you get when you rebrand, Alistair? What, when we say brand equity, what are we talking about?
1: I'll I'll give my thoughts on that
0: and then if you
1: can give yours, um, Dan, because, you know, I think that phrase does mean different things to different people potentially. Um, I think in this context, in the context of rebranding specifically, um, brand equity refers to the, the, the value that that brand has garnered in the five, however many years of a business's um, life cycle. So it will be manifesting the number of customers that you've got, how many sales you've done, what those customers are saying about you, what the market's saying about you, how, how many people, techn- in technical terms, how many people are typing your company name directly into a search engine rather than, you know, the, the name of what it is that you do. If, if people are searching for your brand name, then that brand has got equity, got a value to it. That's what I mean by it. And this process, therefore, you know, the process of, of rebranding, improving, changing, has to take that existing equity into account. The old adage, I guess, would be don't throw the baby out with the bathwater so in these instances and in most instances um it it is about understanding what that value is and we do that generally through question and answer through research through asking the market and saying okay so we've got you know we're not starting from scratch here we're we're in a great position already how exciting is it going to be to to improve that position because of the process that we're going through. Um, so I, I don't know what you would define as brand equity, but I th- I, that, that's where I am. And I think it's important to say that, you know, we, when I go through this process with clients, we don't just throw everything in the bin and say and, and rubbish it all and start again from scratch. Often it's 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 about saying, Ooh, you know, let's take that bit, let's take that bit, let's take that bit, and then move on from that point.
0: Yeah, I like that train of thought. Um and there's nothing I'll go, what are you talking about? Or well, you wouldn't be on the show, Alistair, let's face it. But <laughs> <laughs> but, but but where design and brand equity? Because that's where I'm going to come at this from. Is is the design and the creative part of things? Cool. Um, the, it's a, it's nearly the same uh, in terms of what that what that brand uh, what the goal is for that brand. <laughs> so I they they I might need to um, again look at what they have already so if it's a rebrand and they've been around for 50 years you're not gonna wipe that 50 years worth of um identity you know off the pl- off the planet and start again unless there's a valid really valid reason but i can't think of any examples where that has happened um you know you're gonna have to look at what they've got what why it's so well respected and what are the key parts of that identity that need to be adapted, brought forward, brought up to date, um, you know, adjusted. Why is it going to be adjusted? There's a lot of things that that as a designer you should be thinking about and talking about and discussing. Um, They might, the, the, the business owner might have one reason for wanting to keep a farmer that was in his his logo I want to take the example of a farm shop Um, that they had the farmer with a silhouette of a dog, this is an actual example and all that had happened was that was, I think it was originally drawn by um, a family member Um, but it wasn't quite fit for purpose in some instances so it was quite a detailed drawing and it didn't always replicate very well when it was small or when it was on Uh, some of the bags that they used in store. It just needed to be um, reworked um, sympathetically so that it was brought up to date and would work across the brand's touch points more effectively and a little bit more uh, modern, you know, not... You know, clean modern but it just needed to be revitalised because 70 years ago whoever drew it they weren't drawing it for a, for a, an identity um, so that's why I'm, I'm talking about brand equity and coming out from a visual standpoint it, it, the other part of that brand equity visually is is all of the assets that that brand will get through the process of rebranding so there are variations of logos. There are visuals of how the brand will be applied on social platforms, visuals of how that brand will be represented on websites, or if they're a clothing chain, how, you know, how, what we're going to do with the brand on garments or in the label of the garment. Uh, for me, th- that's the brand equity that comes out of a rebrand, but also um how is how are we documenting this for them as a business? So mm-hmm. a style guide and a brand, a set of brand guidelines, a handbook that the business owner and staff can refer back to. You know? It might be the MD or the founder that sits with me to to, to finalize designs, but The team that apply, the marketing team haven't been through that process. They need to have that brand equity, that asset to look back at from all of our work together to say, right, we're doing this campaign. What are these new colours and what's this font and how are we talking about it? That's the brand equity that as a designer, creatively, I certainly see uh, and want to present as part of a a, a rebrand process so that's my that's my stance on it
1: i think where that ties in to brand uh, optimization is 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 consistency um in other words the more that you can during or at the end of the process hand over that style guide those brand guidelines um then the more the business is likely to adhere to them and apply them consistently w- without that it's not fair to expect a, an organization to move on from its previous position and um without that it will just end up behaving inconsistently and again the market will will uh, behave you know negatively towards that
0: the other thing that comes astra out of the uh the the visual side of things, the design and implementing of new logos and new um, you know websites, products, touch points, is the confidence um, for that brand. And I've seen it before mm. where it filters down. So you'll have C suite or you know the founder working with you very strategically, and, and in terms of the design, the one that signs it off. But what then happens is when that brand is implemented the manager, the managerial teams, the staff, the men on the, the boots on the floor, the, whoever it is, the people in the shops, there's a sense of, Ooh, what's this. And then all of a sudden there's this boost of confidence all round by, you know, being able to see what it all stands for. Things slot into place. Have you experienced that um yeah i have absolutely the
1: um uh, you know i i I think that i I think some people react like that i think other people react with trepidation and and quite rightly will you know may say okay well it, it sounds good and i follow the logic behind it but let's let you know let's see how things play out during the course of the next few uh, months and years. Um, you know, when you're talking there, I'm, I, I'm thinking about a fairly recent example, which I'm going to jump on to if that's okay, which is, which is, which is now TV um, or as it's now called now. Okay. And I think this is a really interesting one. So I was a now TV customer. Um, and, and for those who don't know, this is Um, a a monthly subscription where rather than subscribe to Sky Sports, you'd subscribe to Now TV and it's maybe a little bit less and maybe you get access to other things and so on and so forth. Now Now TV's been out for for years and years, so there was an awful lot of brand equity has been built up with that. But lo and behold, they take a, a hugely confident and bold decision to to almost completely rebrand, probably about six months ago. And now TV is now called now. Now now, I can't stop saying no, now no, now. No, no. Um let let's think about what's happened there. So 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 that that's the the name of the organisation has changed. So it's a complete rebrand the logo has changed the the you know the color palette that was used right across all of their software all of their iconography all of their physical products has had to change as well so this is something that which has cost millions of pounds uh, and yet they have enormous brand equity so 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 how do those two things Sort of play out what we you know. Why is that such a big, um, you know, such a big risk? Now the reason, of course, is because they want to get away just from being ascribed to TV. Now, presumably, you know what I'm just guessing here, but in the future we'll we'll cover more things than than just TV. And perhaps TV is too much of an outgoing word, and you know the future of the world is is around streaming. So, so they wanted to open their umbre- umbrella round. But nevertheless, the risk is huge because they've 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 taken a word, an everyday word, as I've just you know um, illustrated there, which is hard to ignore. And they, they they sort of said, right, that's our word. We we are this is our company. We're we're, we're claiming that word, and and this is who we are, who we work for, and, and what we represent. And so that that you know, I, I think that's a that was a really really bold. Um, Step where they're almost cocking a snoot at a lot of the equity which is there before, and um, and they're they're sort of
0: jumping forward very bravely. Cocking a mm-hmm. snoot, you're gonna have to elaborate. Come on, <laughs> cocking <laughs> a snoot, <laughs> you can't drop um, that in there and just not
1: a cocking a snoot. I think, I think it's turning your nose. Up. I think you're right. Um but please don't push me on that. Um, <laughs> one thing I'm learning from doing this is, is that I need to stop dropping phrases. I love words making up many...
0: phrases. It's what
1: I live for, just but, random but stuff, you, yeah. just making then nonsense. Then you ask me about them, and I'm on the spot, and I'm
0: like, you know what, I don't actually know what that means. <laughs> yeah, me because usually it's me. I'm the one that just makes up random pieces of waffle, and then I do not <laughs> they don't mean anything, whereas I feel like with you, you're more educated (laughs) with with words so like I like to learn what some of these words mean whereas if you ask me when I come up with nonsense I just go I just said it (laughs) I'm sure someone will um, come on at some point and let us both actually know what cocking a snoot Google it I'll tell you what we'll put it After that we've recorded, I'm going to Google it. I'll put it in the show notes because I feel like we've wasted 15 seconds of everybody's life and I'll have to put it in there. So there you go. Um, If it's a real thing, I'll put it in there. If it's rude, I won't because it's not going out as explicit. Um, Brand equity. Tick. Have we ticked it?
1: I think we've ticked it. I I think that um, what we've discussed there is... You know, two two ways through. You can you can go all in, um, or, or you can take much more of a an iterative um, approach to it, evolution rather than ever uh, rather than revolution.
0: Yeah, I agree. Now, the kind of the last topic I want to we want to close this episode on, or where we want to add quite like to have a bit of a chat about is. It's, it's, desi- it's where we said in episode 1 I'm the kind of designs you're the, you're the words and I'm the design pictures, words and pictures essentially and the reason words and pictures are great but it's really important that they come together and when they do come together it's about identifying the moment of inspiration and it's where that magic happens and that's why it's important as a designer, it's certainly, it, it, it's the most rewarding part of what I do as a designer is that that magic happens. It's when visually something is backed up with the right story and strategy and the, the, the call it the last piece of the puzzle, whatever it is, that moment of inspiration um, happening. And it comes, for me, let's have a chat about that. But for me, it comes from one particular place and it is that that business or that person, that founder themselves. And it's being able to work with, when I get that moment of inspiration, finding out from them, which you've hinted at already, um, that that reason that it, that the business exists. And I'm not, because I'm not one for drawing random shapes if they don't carry a deeper meaning. Um, But if those shapes exist because of, you know, X, Y, and Z, it's that level of thinking that will allow me to tell the story of why that design exists. But it's that level of thinking that will allow the client to bond in an instant with that new identity. I want them to see instantly their story. I want them to relate straight away to all of that work, all of the foundation that goes into um, the beginning of a project, to rerun, to see their story or their values. I want them to feel inspired. And and most importantly, just feel confident to get out there and, and start to shout about it, you know, um, and and for me that's the that is my moment of inspiration. Once that's identified, being able to go, da da, this is what it looks like. Mm. How do we get there? What do you do before? What what? It's really important. Tell, come on, I need you to back that bit up now. Mm. <laughs> Well, I'll do my best.
1: I, I think, and you know, without wanting to lord ourselves at all, but I, I, I feel like I'm in the creative business, and I know Dan that you're in the creative business, and 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 it's and what I mean by that it's it's not scientific, you know. We're not here, um, sort of listening to business owners. And we plug all those quotes into something, and it spits out the answer. I and mean, you know, I, I literally I will stare at a blank wall for far, far too long in some cases, waiting for that creative moment to happen. And you know what? Sometimes it doesn't, and we walk away from that. But but it's a it's a it's a it's a mercurial thing, isn't it? You know, we can't we can't. Um, guarantee a a result all the time because because it is creativity so so I think that's the first thing to understand um, here you can sort of try and try and try and eventually sort of hone something out but often these things just come in a
0: flash and I don't know where they come from but but they do well for me they come from um, listening and that was again in episode one Uh, you know the real talent is listening and then interpreting for me. Now, I'll interpret things visually, so I can. If somebody says, um, "I can't even," when I get put on the spot to give an example, what were really bad um, imagined examples? If I, if I'm a fisherman and I love, and I love, I've made some sweets that are fish sweets, then. You know, there's two two things there, love and sweets and fish, that I could probably work with visually. Like, I'm listening to what that person is saying, and that that's a really bad example. <laughs> but it is about listening and then being able to communicate it. But you... Um, what?
1: have you just... Have you just come up with the idea for fish sweets? Fish sweets, get them. I'll just, I mean,
0: just to check, are these sweets for fish or worryingly are these fish flavoured sweets I think I think there's a bigger market for uh, sweets for fish
1: (laughs) (laughs) but you have to ask them I think you might be right I'm I'm, I mean brand scran and fish sweets there's a link there I'll give you
0: that they exist Um, well there's the human ones which are already on the market fishermen's friends aren't they Hey, you brought it back. Well done. I don't think
1: last time I had one, it didn't taste like trout.
0: <laughs> no, but the last time you had one, you probably couldn't taste much for for at least four hours afterwards. Everything just tasted like Benjamin's friend. Indeed, indeed. Um,
1: I think. I think. Um, yeah. I, I, so. Uh, just trying to sweep that idea out of my head um, and and take it forward a bit. Um, i I don't know if you get this, Dan, but I but it, it's it's often when I'm presenting back and there's an unveil, isn't there? Yeah, you know w- w- you know there's a, there's a little bit of pantomime, not pantomime but sort of show about what we do, and you you know you you kind of explain your rationale person, and then there's an unveil. and do you ever get the big silence? Yeah. At the point of unveil. And, you know, this is this is where we perhaps need to kill our darlings, but we're sort of saying, ta-da! And, and there's just silence and you're waiting for that, you know, and perhaps there's some nervous shuffling of buttocks in seats and you're waiting for that first sort of hopefully positive comments come out <laughs> I, I get that a lot and it never fails to make my palms sweat is that the same for you it is
0: I kind of now um, I, I come at it from the point of view that it is a big moment and it is still the, the not the pantomime it's still it's a big presentation to show somebody how you plan to visually represent that business for their future and they won't stand up applaud you and throw flowers at you (laughs) within 30 seconds it's got to sink in yeah you know and i generally find now that give someone a day to two days and then they're like jesus christ what have you done this is amazing
1: yeah, that's interesting.
0: Um, because at that point, they've gone away. They've probably had a beer and shared it with a few other people, which I tell them to limit that. I say, don't go don't go sharing this in a community and going for that. I don't want – I, I rec- well, basically, I recommend that they do share it, but that they limit the type of people that they share yeah. the brand identity with and what they've come up with. So handpick that crowd, if you like. Um, but no, it takes time to sink in. It takes time to acclimatise to what's been created. But, you know, as a creative, we, as anybody would, they want that pat on the back straight away, don't they, Alistair?
1: Mm, the, the, um, the, the best the best reaction I've ever had, and I, I must admit it wasn't, it wasn't my work. Um, I was presenting with a, a graphic designer, actually, And we got to the unveil moment and it went really quiet (laughs) and the client just fixed us with a steely stare and said, I asked you for a flower and you brought me a garden. He's like until the very last word, we didn't know which direction <laughs> it was going in. And then there was this <laughs> almighty, oh wow, not only does he like it, he's like bowled over. Um and I just thought that was a really nice way of putting it and that sticks with me. And I think, you know, if if we get to that point, you know, together sympathetically with our clients, I think then yeah, it's a job well done. I think
0: it's what we both Um, as creatives what we feed off is just the fact that we're able to um, bring people people's ambitions and people's visions to life Um, for me visually and I think for you um, yeah it's the psychological stuff that you said very early on it's helping them to think and understand more And document it.
1: Do you agree? I do agree. Um, without a doubt. I think that ties it back nicely to 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 the very start and to brand optimization
0: as well. It does. And I think we've hit all those topics perfectly. Um I'm looking down at my little time counter and we're we're coming up to I think just shy of 50 minutes. So I feel like we've really done a lot on this episode as well. I think there's a lot of important stuff there. I hope we don't feel like we've, we haven't really sang our own, our own praises on this one, have we? Too much? No. Oh.
1: No. On the contrary, I think you've embarrassed yourself, Fant- Dan, talking about fish sweets, fish-flavored sweets. Yeah. Um,
0: so, so no, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I don't think we are. Startup idea number one hundred and four. <laughs> Take take it and run with it. It's yours. You can have it as long as we can brand it. I mean, yeah, it should be scalable, huh? Ooh. Thank you for listening to (laughs) BrandsGran. Alistair's taxi is waiting outside. (laughs) Um, No, I think I'm going to leave it there and I'm going to say that I've really enjoyed this episode and um, I think that everybody who (laughs) now... (laughs) now wants to know about fish sweets can do but you know listening to episode three because we've got a whole host of stuff coming up and if you haven't listened to episode one go back and have a listen to that as well anything i've missed alistair before i um, wrap up the show
1: dan i think we're good it's been it's been really good i think there's there's a lot of ground being covered um yeah i'm really happy
0: with that Thank you, and Thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode of Brand Scran. Uh, So it was brought to you by Divided by Brand. Um, If you've enjoyed this one, this episode, please leave a review and hit share. Uh, Then go and check out the next episode in this brand-focused mini-series. So I'll put links in the show notes to connect with Alistair or myself. So it'll be websites or emails or LinkedIn, uh, whatever platform you are on we'll pop links in there so thank you for listening and don't forget if you're not proud of your brand how do you expect anyone else to be